Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show Podcast, CFL coaching news galore. We talk Ryan Didwitty and his transition from Blue Bomber backup to CFL head coach with Ed Tate. Dave Campbell of 630 Jed, Eskimos color commentator, talks about how Scott Milanovic will figure in to their system now that he is their new head coach. And Jacob Smallwood of the Winnipeg Ice talks to me about the recent hot homestand and what his plans are for the Christmas break on the podcast. Let's talk about the CFL because, well, there's been a lot of news today. Scott Milanovic hired as head coach of the Eskimos, and then about an hour later, Corey Chamberlain fired. Ryan Dinwiddie hired as head coach of the Argos, and we are joined by a man who covered Ryan Dinwiddie back when he was a player here in Winnipeg, Ed Tate. Ed, how are you doing tonight, keeping up with all the uh, coaching carousel moves in the CFL? You know, it's funny, Christian, and first of all, thanks for having me on, but it's only a nine-team league, and what is this now, the fourth coaching change we've seen already? It's unbelievable. What a crazy day uh, in our crazy little league. I love it. And I was thinking, for the last month, where's been the news that Kerry Chamberlain's going to be fired? Because I anticipated it, and I wondered why he was still there. I know he'd only been there one season. I thought, are they actually going to keep him? And then Toronto, basically at the same time as they say they hire Ryan Dinwiddie, they say we're done with Corey Chamberlain. Kind of a have you seen that before, where they wait this long and then they just name their new guy right away? Well, I don't know if I if I can recall off the top of my head, Christian, if I've seen it before. I wonder if there's kind of a kind of a unspoken promise here that the Argos might be able to, or Ryan Dinwiddie might be able to bring Nick Arbuckle with him, the pending pending free agent quarterbacks in Calgary. Uh, that might be part of the package here, but um, I'm not sure why they waited so long. Part of it might be that uh, there's a coaching salary cap and, and Corey Chamberlain still had some contract on left. And so you'd have to eat a little bit of that. I think each team gets a sort of a mulligan under this agreement, but uh, I don't know. It's uh, maybe they just felt that with other teams making their moves with Paul Police to Ottawa and Scott Milanovic, as you said, to, Edmonton, Rick Campbell already gone to BC that the Argos thought they have to do something to still sell that product as hard as it's been in Toronto and bringing back a guy that's coming off of such a tough season would have been a tough sell in that market. Did you think when you were covering Ryan Didwitty in the 2007 Grey Cup that he'd be a CFL head coach someday? Well, the funny thing about it, and I know you you know this, Christian, is no, I did not think that. He was you know, that was his first ever CFL start. And as we saw afterwards, he was a real good student of the game and has been in this league since then as a quarterback coach. But, you know, Kevin Glenn, everybody knows, Kevin Glenn got hurt in the East final that year. So Dinwiddie started the uh, the Great Cup and his backups were Zach Taylor, who's now the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, and Cliff Kingsbury, who's now the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. And there's some other ones that are kind of weird, like Kahari Jones is a head coach in this league now. And we all know, He's a Bomber Hall of Famer. Kerwin Bell, a former Bomber quarterback, the OC at University of South Florida. T. Martin, who a Bomber quarterback in the mid-2000s, the, is with the Tennessee Volunteers. Joey Elliott, another Bomber quarterback, is a scout with the Indianapolis Colts. So I don't know what it is, but uh, what these guys that are quarterbacks in this town seem to turn it into a coaching opportunity. And, you know, we can't forget Buck Pierce, who's on the staff now, and uh, – and might soon be the offensive coordinator of this team. Right, and uh, another uh, thing I saw on Twitter today, uh, Farhan Lalshi reporting that Ryan Rigmaiden has turned down 
yeah. uh, the Alouette's GM job. I guess no one wants that job. I don't know what's going on there, Christian. It's kind of weird. You know, I'm not sure. The ownership situation might be scaring some people away, right. but, um, you know, there's a lot of talent there. You've got a good head coach in Kahari Jones. I'm not sure what's having people run away from that job, but both Ryan Rigmaid and, and Danny McManus have now said no, and uh, those are just two of the guys that have said no. Uh, I'm sure they'll find a good candidate because there's still guys out there, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it is a bit of a red flag. Now, from a Bombers fan point of view, I'm sure people don't mind the band getting back together. Obviously, Paul Apolis right. gets this shot in Ottawa, as we all figured he'd get a shot somewhere. Uh, and now the question is, Mike O'Shea, I think it's it's happening very soon. I think uh, it's safe to say it won't be long before that's announced by the team. And then I guess we turn our attention to the free agency situation, which obviously there's some time left before that technically opens, but the Bombers have the chance to negotiate with their own free agents. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, everybody wants to, to see a great cup champion stick together, right? It's just everybody wants the, the band to stay together, as you said, but it's just impossible in this day and age. And because uh, you can't give everybody a raise and still stay under the cap and, and guys want to go somewhere else or maybe they could become a starter or they don't like their situation here. Uh, you know, and we're seeing those guys, Willie Jefferson, Winston Rose, Marcus Sales all worked out for the Miami Dolphins this this week. So there might be guys that leave. But you're right, uh, they've got a, you know, I can tell you being downstairs in the football operations department that it's not been quiet because uh, Kyle Walters and his, his gang are... are are really at work to try to lock up some of these guys before they become free agents. So you've got to prioritize your wish list and then see who's getting sniffs elsewhere, especially in the NFL and try to go from there. And got a couple done this week with Pat Newfeld and Mercy Maston, but the the list is still pretty long. Well, and the list of quarterback is the one that a lot of people are, are yeah. paying attention to for sure. And we obviously just mentioned the idea of Nick Arbuckle going, uh, following the lead of, Ryan Dinwiddie to Toronto and some people wondering Matt Nichols, would he follow the lead of Lapo to Ottawa? He had the little eye side eye glance emoji when he quote tweeted uh, that Paul Lapolis was going to Ottawa, but I think all we can really do is speculate right now, right? Well, that's all it is right now. As you say, Um, there's so much time between now and mid February when the free agent market opens and plans change. And as we've seen coaches, new coaches in place, um, you know, I think in, BC and in Edmonton where Rick Campbell and Scott Milanovic have taken on as new head, the new head coaches, they've got quarterbacks in place and Mike Riley and Trevor Harris. You're right about Ottawa. I'm sure a lot of people are connecting the dots there with one of the bomber quarterbacks, any of the three that are free agents. So, um, but there's, there's a lot of work to be done. And so when you're in the bomber situation and you've got a lot of guys you want, want back, uh, you know, the fact that you have the first crack at them or at least the longest crack at them, is really important at this time of year, but still a huge question mark at quarterback for the great cup champions right now. Let's go back to Dinwiddie before I let you go, Ed, the, sure. uh, the yeah. idea of uh, uh, he's only 39 years old. He's a first time head coach, but he's going to a market that really there won't be crazy expectations on him because there's not a lot of people just to be frank that care about the Argos in that market. No, there won't be any expectations from outside of uh the football operations department. I'm sure that, you know, Pinball Clements and the owners, the MLSE owners, want this thing to, to turn around in a hurry. They put a lot of money into that team. 
they got to do something. And I think this is part of why they made the change. They've got to do something just to get people excited again. Uh, because it, you're right, it's, it's become lost. It's, it was, it's been lost since I've been covering the, the, this league and, you know, in the early 1990s, like, you know, we were going to Toronto back then and they had, they've tried everything with Rocket Ishmael, Wayne Gretzky, Bruce McNall, John Candy as owners, you know, they had those great teams that Mike O'Shea was a part of with Doug Foodie, a quarterback that went 30 and seven and won back-to-back great cups in 96, 97. But um, most of the times they've been playing in front of, you know, empty buildings or half empty buildings. And, you know, I, I don't know what they've got to do. It's going to take a lot of work, but, you know, maybe bringing in a fresh new face as the head coach, and maybe if he can bring a fresh new face at quarterback, that might help. But uh, it seems like they've tried just about everything else. Well, it's not like they haven't had success since the 90s either, right? With mm-hmm. the Damon Allen days, there was Ricky Ray, very successful yep. tenure with him in Toronto, won a couple great cups. They've they've won titles now they, they recently haven't been you know going 14 and 4 and winning those titles they've been winning the east with not great records and right. they've moved from the sky dome to bemo field it's a much more football friendly environment for sure but you're right i don't know if it's a star power thing if it's just an unbreakable unpenetrable market with the fact that the blue jays have done better and the raptors have won a title now so they've kind of been buried but it's it, it's, I guess the theory is it's, it would be better for the whole health of the league if Toronto was thriving. No question about it. And, you know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember in the late 70s and 80s when the Argos were right there with the Maple Leafs. That's when the Jays were just starting up. But they've certainly fallen behind. Well, they've always been behind the Leafs, but they've fallen behind the Jays. And then you've got, you know, the Raptors have emerged and they're NBA champions and basketball is huge in southern Ontario. And then the, the success of TFC has pushed the Argos even further down the pecking order in Toronto. There's lots of times as an news, old newspaper guy when we roll in for a game there in Toronto, and it's a, it's a hard thing sometimes to see the Argos buried in the sports section if they're in the sports section at all. So, again, a lot of work to do. I think they got to start almost to, from ground up. And I don't know if it's – I think they've got affordable tickets. They're appealing to families. Believe me, they're trying everything possible there. Um, but it's just something that you can, you're can you going to have to chip away at, and I'm not sure that there's a magic bullet here. Well, Ed, I appreciate your time as always. Uh, keep enjoying the, the busy off-season, and uh, if I don't see you before Christmas, Merry Christmas to you and your family. I appreciate that, Christian. Thanks a lot for having me on, and happy holidays to you and everybody else too. We'll head to Edmonton now, where Scott Milanovic has been hired as the new head coach of the Eskimos, and we are joined by Dave Campbell of 630 Ched. He is the color commentator on Eskimos broadcast. Dave, how are you doing tonight? Doing well, Christian. Thank you. Was this move a surprise to you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, you know, it's interesting. When uh, Morley Scott and I did our uh, live broadcast during uh, uh, when Jason Moss was let go as head coach, uh, we, we, we went through the, the, the list of possible names. Uh, Jamie Elizondo's name came up. Paul Apolise, of course, came up. Uh, a couple of assistants, long-time assistants in the league came up, Mark Killam and, and Mark Washington. And Morley said something I think now is profound that he said, we don't know there's that name out there we might not even know about. And Scott Milanovic ended up being that, that name. So uh, Brock Sutherland said he reached out to the Jags two weeks there, or two days ago and said, you know, ask permission. The GM got back to him quick and uh, talks got serious pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, Brock Sunderland told me today that he wasn't really sure how this would go with 
if Scott Milanovic had any interest in coming back to the CFL just because, you know, his chances of, you know, uh, finding work in the NFL after this season was pretty high because, of course, the Jags are 4-9 and and they're not going to make the playoffs and likely they're going to have, they're going to basically go to a clean house there with the coaching staff. Um, But Milanovic likes the work-life balance in the CFL uh, compared to the NFL and this was an opportunity that he uh, definitely relished and signed a four-year contract. So, Clearly, he's ready to, to come up and, you know, reintegrate himself into the CFL again. So, yeah, it was, I wouldn't say it's a total shock, but I think it was a, definitely a surprise as well. Bit out of left field for sure. Now, once Lapo was off the board, I'm sure he was probably everyone's kind of top choice, but he went to Ottawa and then Edmonton had to get creative. Now, Milanovic, known as an offensive guy, he uh, had success early on in his time with Toronto, won a great cup his first season there, and then not so much after that. But... How does Trevor Harris feel? Do you know about this hiring? Well, you know, athletes are very good at, at saying what they should say or need to say or, or, or say the right thing. Uh, when I spoke with Trevor Harris today, I said, what do you think? He said, elated. And you could just hear the enthusiasm and the excitement level in his voice. And, and he was, you know, losing Jason Moss was a hard thing for him. And it was a hard thing for a lot of the team because, they respected him and really genuinely liked Jason Moss as a head coach. And then you go through that period of two weeks where you're, you're not really sure where this is going to go. And, you know, last week, the Eskimos, I think, were really interested in Paul Apolis, like you said. And, and it got to the point where, you know, got close to an offer. and Maybe there was an offer before he decided to, to test the waters with the Red Blacks and ultimately name their head coach. But, you know, to get to this point two weeks later with the coach that he's very familiar with, the he spent his first four CFL seasons in Toronto with the Argos um, with Scott Milanovic. And in 2015, he started 16 games under Milanovic and uh, was pretty successful. Uh, 4,300 yards passing with uh, 33 touchdowns and 19 interceptions. And when it comes to scheme-wise, you know, how different or similar will it be? You know, on the surface, it seems like it's going to be a similar type of uh, system. But Milanovic has been in the NFL for the last three years, so is he going to bring you know, some concepts up here uh, from the NFL as well. So we don't know about that. But from a familiarity standpoint, uh, this hire has definitely, um, you know, definitely excited Trevor Harris, who's going to come to training camp and I think be uh, very excited uh, about his uh, his team and his coaching staff that has yet to be named. That's going to be named rather, uh, I'm told, rather quickly. We could see it next month. Uh, and Milanovic has to play out the NFL season uh, before he, uh, he can he can come up here and be a full-time head coach with the Eskimos, but uh, he's, he's off to a good start because his, his quarterback is uh, pretty happy. And, and you mentioned, you know, the, the 2012 year was a was obviously a successful year uh, for the Argos. They won the Grey Cup. They, they won the East in 2013 as far as, you know, finishing first, didn't make the Grey Cup that year, and then it kind of fell off a little bit. And a lot of that was due to they couldn't keep Ricky Ray healthy. Right. Healthy, you know, you know, Ricky Ray missed, you know, close to 50% of the games as an Argo, and yet had a tremendous career. So um, some of those numbers are a bit skewed, but they are what they are. And uh, But, you know, we have a very happy starting quarterback in Edmonton today with the hiring of Scott Milanovic. Talking to Dave Campbell of 630 Ched about the hiring of Scott Milanovic, and uh, our friend Reed Wilkins pointed this out, that this is the first time since 99 that the Eskimos have brought in someone with previous head coaching experience. Don mm-hmm. Matthews in 99, they've had a number of hirings since then that have had varying levels of success. Chris Jones won a great cup. Danny Machocha won a great cup. Uh, but we'll see what they have with experience again. Why do you think that is? Is Or is that just a coincidence? 
I think it's more of a of a coincidence. Uh, now, you know, when when Don Matthews was hired, he had two seasons under his belt. Went to training camp in 2001, and then uh, kind of had a falling out with uh, with management, and he was replaced in training camp with Tom Higgins. So that was kind of a you know an, an extraordinary circumstance. But then Higgins was ousted in '04, and and Machocha comes in, and like you say, the 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 big time season in '05 with the Grey Cup, and um, you know, this is a, it's always an interesting debate. You go with experience or you go with the first timer. And some people have reservations with the first timer, but you know, at the end of the day, you, you know, everyone has to be a head coach for a first time at some point. Right. right. So, um, you, you know, I think there's a bit of a aversion at times to recycle head coaches. And there is more of a, we're seeing more of the willingness to take a, take a chance on someone who's never been a head coach, but it's been a long time coordinator. That's why Mark Tillum, I think, was uh, was well thought about um, with the with the Stan Peters 15 seasons as an assistant head coach or as, a, as an assistant coach, a longtime special teams coordinator. Learned under John Huffnagel, learned under Dave Dickinson, who um, you know could be Hall of Fame head coaches uh, in, in the CFL uh, or are Hall of Fame head coaches. And then Mark Washington has been a longtime head coach as well. But you know, I think for Brock Sutherland, I think he wanted the experience. You know him himself being in, involved before when he was a AGM in in Ottawa uh, in the head coaching hiring process. I mean, this was the first time he actually got to hire head coach as a general manager. So I think that's why Paul Lapolice was at the top of his list because of the experience. And then you know I think Mark Kellum and Mark Washington were definitely on his short list. And then he just takes the chance to to go to Jacksonville uh, and, and take a flyer on uh, the availability of Milanovic, and it worked out. So. You know, I don't think there's an exact science of, of when you decide to go with experience or go with uh, with someone who hasn't had head coaching experience and has been around the league for a while. And sometimes it works out great, like in Winnipeg, where Michael Shea eventually is a great cup champion, and it works in really unfairly. I, I think Devon Claybrooks with the BC Lions, to a certain extent, it was unfair to him to be ousted. But you just never know. But it's always a great debate when we always come up uh, – you know, this time of year and teams are looking for head coaches. Well, with four vacancies this offseason, right, three of them went to people with experience. Scott Milanovic, Rick Campbell, uh, Paul Lapolis have all been coaches before Toronto today. The the lone wolf in bringing in yeah. 39-year-old Ryan Dinwiddie to be their new head coach. And Mark Killam, his time will come at some point to be the head coach of a team at some point, I would assume. But looking at Edmonton's situation now, heading into the offseason, they've got their coach now. They obviously still need to get assistance. What is the biggest personnel need for this team to improve on what happened this season? You know, I would think uh, finding a healthy secondary would help, and maybe the answer is in-house. And as long as they can keep those guys healthy, then uh, then, then great. But and when I look at this team from an offensive standpoint, they did so many good things moving the football and had trouble scoring. But one thing they did not have is a guy that can really scare secondaries, um, a, a guy that has a lot of speed. Like, I, I think back to, to Trevor Harris's time in Ottawa, he had Deontay Spencer. Uh, and Deontay Spencer was a guy that could – he had speed to burn, and he, scared, and he frightened defenses with the speed. He was able to beat uh, defenses over the top and, and have a more vertical game. So – you know, with uh, with Trevor Harris, who's so good at getting the ball out fast, and he's accurate with his reads, and so quick going through his read progressions. And you know, we saw a great year out of Greg Ellingson. We saw a great year out of Ricky Collins. We never saw what we hoped to see out of 
you know, someone like a DeVaris Daniels. We saw flashes from Devon Smith, but they didn't have that consistent receiver threat that could really scare defenses and, and, and hurt them deep. So I think that's probably the biggest need for me. And they got to settle on the running back. I mean, C.J. Gable and Shaq Cooper are both free agents. Um, I, I, I want to see where the Eskimos settle there. I think there's a good argument of bringing Shaq Cooper back instead of C.J. Gable. But, you know, that's an area that they got to address as well. And, uh, you know, their O-line, um, they have some free agents on there. Uh, David Beard, their center, uh, to me, that's the priority for me is to get stable on your line. Jacob Ruby's a free agent. Uh, Tommy Dreheim's a free agent. Uh, so I think, you know, when you look at uh, the, the offense, uh, you know, or you look at the needs, I think they need a, a receiver that can, you know, that can go deep and scare some secondaries that, that you know, being forced to cover them, cover the Eskimos deeper and, 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 and worry about the, the explosion plays and, you know, stabilize the offensive line and, and, and get a stable running back. Well, Dave, I appreciate your time tonight. Enjoy your, I guess, off season as it is. And uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thanks, Christian. Uh, Merry Christmas to you as well. Every week, Thursday nights, 8.30, this time slot, we talk to a member of the Winnipeg Ice. And full disclosure, I recorded this interview with Jake and Smallwood before the news came out that Peyton Krebs would be returning to the team, cut from Team Canada's selection camp for the World Juniors. So there is a question in here asking them about, you know, possibly missing a bunch of players. I didn't know that they'd be getting Peyton Krebs back before I asked the questions. Just so you know. Uh, so the ice are coming off a 5-for-5 homestand. They beat Brandon Swift, current Regina, Kamloops, and Kelowna. Both the Regina and Kamloops games were in overtime. And I started by asking the ice forward if be expected to go 5-0 and on that homestand. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, it's a goal for us to win every game that we can. And uh, I think uh, just the past couple games here, we've just been uh, we been playing well. We've been uh, playing consistent, working hard, and I think uh, we're getting success through that. So we've just got to keep that going throughout the weekend here and uh, hopefully keep it going into the Christmas break as well. So it was a kind of a bumpy start to the season the first couple weeks or so, but it seems like over the last almost month or two even, this team has really hit its stride. What has changed over the course of the season that you've seen? I think we're just starting to find a rhythm. We're starting to find a good line combination. We're starting to get a little spark here. So I think uh, just over the last month, we've uh, just been uh, buying into the system. We've been uh, working hard, and uh, I think we're uh, we're getting success out of that. So, yeah. There were some lopsided games as well earlier in the season, allowing a, a lot of goals. What has changed defensively and with the goaltending? Uh, obviously, we uh, we added a goaltender, Liam Hughes. We, uh, he's been playing very well for us lately, and uh, uh, obviously he's a veteran in this league, and we've, uh, we've been uh, collapsing well and uh, getting in shot lanes, and I think uh, our PK as well has been uh, getting better over the last couple of games. So I think uh, that, that all together is helping us win games. And you're not just beating any opponents. You just had a couple great wins over Kamloops. You got Kelowna, two good BC teams. What kind of confidence boost does that give you to to win close games and also two overtime games? Uh, that's huge for our team. You know, those are uh, those are a couple good teams there. They're they're uh, very high in the standings. So for uh, that for our confidence, that's huge for us. Uh, obviously, uh, they're they're very good teams, and that just shows that we can uh, probably beat any team in this league, and and we're right up there. So 
I think that's uh, that's good for us, and we just got to keep it going. And I, 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 yeah, just keep it rolling into the Christmas break here. I believe it's now eight in a row as well at home. How does it feel mm-hmm. to have turned the ice game into a real advantage? Yeah, you know, uh, our, our our last couple, our, our last month here, obviously we've been uh, collecting some home wins here. Uh, our, our fans are starting to gain a little spark here and i think that's huge for us just uh the 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 atmosphere in there has been uh, awesome and i think i i think we're just going to keep building from here let's start with the next two games you got prince albert tomorrow night then regina on sunday uh you mentioned the importance of going into the christmas break on a high note you got three games left before then is there any extra that you can give knowing that after tuesday's game against brandon you have 10 days off yeah you know uh it's the same uh same message for every game. We give it our all every game. So I think just over these next three games here, we uh, we know that we're going to have a week off after that. So we just got to give it our all and uh, hope for the best. Now that game against Brandon Tuesday night, we've seen the rivalry really start to grow over the course of your first few meetings. I know the last meeting at home against Brandon, there was a lot of chaos on the ice. We'll just call it that. Are you expecting a pretty charged atmosphere Tuesday night? Yeah, I, I expect that to be the the same against Brandon. Every time we play them, you know they're obviously we uh, we've grown a little rivalry against them. So I think uh, I think it's going to be a little more of an, uh, an aggressive game, and we expect that. But we're not going to change the way we play. We're going to uh, play the way that we always play. Just uh, we're going to hold on to pucks. We're going to play simple, get pucks in on the lines, and I think we'll come out with a win against them. Now, how does the dynamic change over the short term with? Peyton Krebs, Michael Tepley, and Nino Kinder all going to try out for their respective countries' world junior teams? Well, you know, those are three very good players that we lost in our lineup, but I, I wish them all the best in their, uh, in their world junior uh, uh, endures. So, but uh, that just gives a chance for other guys to step up in the lineup and, uh, and play a role over the next month here as uh, them three are, are, are gone out of our lineup. So I think uh, people just need to step up and uh, play bigger roles than they're uh, used to. So, yeah. Now one of the people getting more ice time as a result of that is Matt Savoy, who we came into the season not knowing how much he would play, but he's been uh, getting mm-hmm. more maybe ice time or games played than we thought he might. However, uh, how have you? what have you thought of his play in his short time as a WHL player, and how has he started to adapt to the style of game? Yeah, you know he's a, he's a very young player. He's so skilled, and it, it's incredible to watch him. He's he's uh, just so he's so poised with the puck, so patient, and uh, he's, he's so quick and dynamic. And I just love watching him every game, and he, he's growing every game as well. Over the past couple games, you can just see he's starting to gain confidence, starting to hold onto pucks a little longer. So I think it's great, and I, I look forward to seeing him for the rest of the season. So now for Christmas, do you get to go home? Yes, we do. Yes, yes. So, what are your plans? Um, just obviously spend a little time with my family. Uh, um, I'm looking forward to a nice Christmas meal, so I'm excited for that. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Do you have to be careful not to eat too much sweets? Yeah, I think uh, you gotta not eat uh, too much turkey or chocolate. You gotta stay away from that a little bit more, but. Um, Obviously, we have a week off, so we gotta we gotta watch it a little bit because we're right back on the ball after Christmas. So, yeah. Well, Jake, I appreciate your time. Good luck this weekend, and uh, have yourself a merry Christmas.
Merry Christmas. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?